It says here, he says, Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we can now open the book of books, the Bible. And Father, as we do, I pray you might just quiet our spirit a little bit before you and Lord, that we'd allow the Holy Spirit to take the Word of God and to minister to our hearts this day. Lord, we ask that if there's someone here that isn't sure if they're going to go to heaven or not, that they might settle that today and realize that they're a sinner, repent of that sin, and ask Jesus Christ to come into their heart and save them. Maybe there's others that have been struggling with something in their life. Lord, help them to have victory today. And Lord, just help us to leave this place encouraged and uplifted and strengthened through the word of God and through the music, we've already been encouraged. And Lord, we'll give you the praise, the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to speak for the next two and a half hours on... No, <laughs> we're going to get hungry. You know, we all do. But anyways, on characteristics of light. Characteristics of light. And this is going to be some deep theology, so you're going to have to really hold on because it really gets deep. My first point is really a humdinger. And it is. The first thing about light is it needs to be visible. <laughs> light has to be visible. You know, when we were in Ostend, uh, Poland here, in the evenings, we would always take the team and take the missionary families and the nationals that were working with us. We'd take everybody out to dinner. We'd go to a specific restaurant. It all has to be set up in advance because many of the restaurants aren't that large in Eastern Europe. You know, they'll hold maybe 50 people or so. And so when you're bringing 25, 30 people into a place, you got to prepare this. Well, we had it all set up and we were in this, in this uh, uh, back room of this restaurant where they had its big long table and there was probably, I'd say about 28, maybe 30 of us around there. And you know how it is, you know, when you get together, it's like this. No, it's not. You know, we're together as Baptists. You know, we, we, each one gets louder than the next one because you're trying to talk to the one across from you. And everybody's going on and going on. And all of a sudden, boom, lights went out. And we're in this back room. No windows, nothing. Black. And guess what happened? It went, oh, no, no, It was dead quiet. And we're all looking at one another, trying to see one another because it's black. And... Of course, people get out their phones and start clicking their phones on, so we had a little bit of light. Well, it just took a minute or so, and they came in, and, and one of the staff, and they said, we have this happen quite often. They said, hang on, in about five minutes, we'll have it fixed. But anyhow, it was dark. And the Bible tells us that the world is in darkness. It says in John, it says, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. It's dark. It's dark spiritually. It's just, uh, and, and we look at our country and say, why do we see all the things we see that are happening? I, I never dreamt in my lifetime I'd see the kind of stuff we see right now in our country. Right. Never. I mean, I, I honestly thought maybe, maybe down the road we'd see Sodom and Gomorrah show up, but it's here big time, Amen. big time. And, and, you know, you see this darkness prevailing, and, and it's because the Bible says, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious light of the gospel should shine in unto them. The devil has blinded minds of the people. And, and he gets them so depraved out there on the, on the wall, that, that uh, hanging there, that quilt that's made. 
Boy, study that over. I mean, you talk about laying it out there. Here's God Almighty and what mankind does and how they get down finally into total depravity. And the sad part is those that get mixed up in the crud that's going on right now, they are in that total depravity. And it's going to be very hard to try to reach them with the gospel. Very hard. You say, how do you know that? Because, think of Lot. Boy, did he reach Sodom? No, they reached him. They reached his family. And he lost all but his two young virgin daughters that were still in the house. He lost everything else. was gone. And that's what's going to happen in this nation here as that prevails more and more and more and more. And so those of us who are true Christians, you better plant your feet on this book right here. You better stand steadfast and sure where you're at because your thoughts and your ideas are going to be swayed through media and television and through your, through your phones and through iPads and through everything there is. I mean, Satan is just going to go wham, 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 wham and just hit you and hit you and hit you. And so you and I, we're the light. We're the light. The world's dark. And boy, we're the light. And if we don't shine, listen, in, in, think of this, invisible Christianity does not exist. It doesn't. And when you get saved, you know, I think a lot of them get their fire insurance. <laughs> you know, they say, boy, boy, I'm saved. But then they, they take their Christianity, and instead of keeping it out here, they do this. They become a secret service Christian. It doesn't work that way. It just plain doesn't work that way. Even under communism, where it was totally controlled by the communists, those that were believers were on the radar because they, were, they would speak. They would invite others. They would talk to others. That's why a lot of them disappeared. Say, so where'd they go? A lot of them were killed. A lot of pastors were killed. In fact, we just had last year, we shipped a container into Pakistan. Took a tremendous amount of work to get that through into Pakistan. And the pastor and the associate pastor of that church were both killed. Why? Right here. You see, people, you know, guess what? Newsweek doesn't put that on their front page. USA Today, they won't put that on their front page. They'll put the queers and they'll put all the rest of the garbage out there, put that right on the front page. But they won't show the reality of what's going on in the world. There's a lot of hatred against Christians. And it's growing in this country. And it's sad because that is the answer. Christianity, the Bible, Christ is the answer to all the problems of this world. If people would just get a hold of that and say, listen, think of your own life. I think of where I was before I got saved. In my late teens and going to all the bars and partying and drinking and carrying on with the, the wrong crowd. But thank God for a brother who had gotten saved before me and was praying for me. Thank God for Billy Graham. I heard him on television back then in the 60s and heard his preaching and, and, and it worked in my heart. But finally I got to the place where I realized that, that there had to be something in this book because what I was doing, listen, when you worship over, the, you get back at night and you're worshiping over the great porcelain bowl all night. Boy, that's a lot of fun. That's just really great. Boy, finally I realized I was a hell-bound sinner. And on March 19, 1972, sitting by the kitchen table there, I took the Word of God and I set it down and it dropped open and it opened up to Romans chapter 12. 
And I read in there, and he says, present your bodies. And it stopped right there. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, give yourself to God. And right there in my mind, just like the pictures we're supposed to be seeing today, my mind began to go bam, bam, bam. Things I said, things I'd done, places I'd been, all these things just going boom, 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 boom. And I began to weep, and I said, oh, God, forgive me. I messed up the first 19 years of my life. From this day forth, I give it to you. And you know what happened? A peace came over me. I didn't know I was saved. I didn't know that terminology. But there was something happened. And the first thing I wanted to do, tell my mom and dad there was going to be a change. Going to be a change. And bless God, it's been changed ever since. You know? It's just, and, and that's what the world, if they could just get a hold of that. And see, and that's why we have to keep praying. And we're the light. We're the light. You know, it says over there in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, unto the Jew first and also unto the Gentile. Listen, it's the power of God. He says, don't be ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I think too many Christians are ashamed of their Christianity. They just kind of hide it and keep it hid to themselves. Oh, listen, you've got the light. Man, it'd be like if you were in a dark cave and you got the flashlight, the only one in there, and you don't use it. Oh, listen, it's time. That's the way the world is. You don't know. Each one of you in here affects somebody else that the rest of them don't affect. You know, people you're around, neighbors you have, coworkers that you have. You know, just you, you have maybe folks that are that friend you on on whatever is on the Facebook and whatever that stuff. But anyhow, you you know, you have the opportunity to reach them. You know, you can be an influence to them. And, and, and you notice here what he, what he says here as he goes on back in our text. He says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. Listen, they, they need to see something that's different. You know, I remember uh, being on the farm. We were on a dead-end road. And on that dead-end road, there was quite often we'd have power outages on the farm as I was growing up. And mom had these kerosene lamps around. And we'd take, of course, the old kerosene lamp, and you trim the wick, and you, you light it, and then you put the, the globe on it, and it would shine quite well. But as you let it burn, all of a sudden you notice that the light was getting dimmer. And you look, the flame's the same height, but it's getting dimmer and getting dimmer. And as it burns, it was burning up like a chimney, like soot. And it started to get a gray film on the inside of that globe. And, and if you let it go and you just never cleaned the inside of that globe and you just burned it several days, all of a sudden your light would be almost non-existent. And so what we had to do is that after the night was over and we'd have to the next morning wash those globes out and you'd set them aside in case that happened again so you had the light. I think what happens in a Christian's life is you have the light. You get saved. When you get saved, man, it's, wow, this is exciting. This is tremendous. You got the light. But then all of a sudden you start letting a little bit more of the maybe friendships with the world, the wrong type of people, instead of witnessing to them, they're drawing you away. And all of a sudden you're spending more time in their activities than you are in the church house. And then you find all of a sudden that you begin to, to read things and see things and watch things on TV and see things on, on the Internet and stuff. And, and it begins to have this soot starts to build up in that, in that globe of your life where the light should be shining out. 
And the more you allow the world to take over and to begin to cloud more and more, all of a sudden your light gets dimmer and dimmer. And those around you all of a sudden don't even realize that you're a Christian. They don't know it because you got the light so covered up by the things of the world. Listen, you need to get it cleaned up. It says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26 that he says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Listen, this right here is going to wash you. That's why your pastor and, and Pastor Kenny says, get in the Bible, get in the Bible, read the Bible, get in it every single day. You got to be, a, listen, you wash your hands every day, don't you? You take and you cleanse your hands, you wash your face, you brush your teeth, you try to keep your body clean, your hygiene clean, keep your spiritual hygiene clean. It's by the word of God. You take it and use it. It cleanses your mind. It cleanses your soul. It cleanses your thoughts. It cleanses the intentions of your heart. It washes all that stuff if you let it. But you got to be in it. you got to be in it. Get in the Word of God and then apply it to your life. Just do that. you got to do that because he says, ye are, ye are the light. You know, he doesn't say that, that it's your neighbor. He says, it's you. It's you, it's you, it's you, it's me. He says, ye are the light. He says, you got to take it, you got to let it shine. It's got to be visible. And so we find in Acts chapter 13, where it says down in verse 47, it says this, where the Lord said this to, to, to Paul, and he says, I have set thee to be a light to the Gentiles. You notice that? It's a, it never said sent. It says set. Listen, when we get saved, our feet are planted on the rock. He says, I have set you. I have established you. You're to be my light where he places you. And you're set upon that rock. You're there and, and nobody can take that away from you. And you're saved. Bless God, you're saved. And I thank God for that because, you know, I don't know about you, but this sorry old flesh here would lose it in a hurry. I can't even keep my car keys, let alone anything else. But, you know, listen, and you're supposed to keep salvation. I think that we're kept by the power of God. Praise God for that. But listen, he says, our light's got to be visible. It's got to shine. So keep that, that chimney. Keep your, your body. Keep it clean and away from the influences of the world. Keep it fresh. A second thing, not only is light to be visible, but light shows the way. Light shows the way. That's why we said in verse 16 here, it says, let your light so shine before man. He said, let your light so shine before man. And then he goes on, that they may see your good works. Listen, all that, all the Bible that a lot of people are ever going to see is you. That's, yeah, that's a sobering thought. The impression that we give because they'll know that it don't take them long. They'll know you're a Christian. Comes out in a hurry. And they'll ridicule and they'll mock and they'll laugh. But you know what happens when they have a problem hit their life? I remember when I worked for International Harvester, a farm dealership. There were just a small group of us, 12 of us. And I'd hear snide remarks sometimes from different ones. They, they were pretty gracious, but I'd hear different things. And one of the fellows, he who had said things different times, kind of made a mockery of Christianity. All of a sudden, he was having trouble in his marriage. And guess where he came? He came to me. And he said, Don, what can I do? 
and it gave me another opportunity to try to give him the gospel again, try to talk to him, try to witness to him, and, and you know, he's a strong Catholic man. But, oh, listen, when they get in trouble, they know where to go. And that's why it's so important, dear Christian. They want to see you. They want to see your life because they know you got something they don't have. Even though they're holding on to what they got back here in this old world, thinking if I just get another toy, it'll make me happy. If I just make a little more money, it'll make me happy. If I can just get a little more vacation, it'll make me happy. If I can just do this, it'll make me happy. And everything they do, they find out it's empty. It doesn't make them happy. And all this, and I'll tell you, the thing that'll bring you joy. You know, as the scripture doesn't say, you'll be happy when you get Jesus. He says, I'll give you joy. You know, happy can be when you have a birthday cake or you have that pie. That'll make me happy, man. Well, that, that pie shows. But anyway, that makes you happy. But joy comes from within when you have joy. And he says, and I give you peace. Peace is from within. Peace isn't around you. Peace is from within. You need that peace from in your heart. And all this, and that's where it comes. And he says, I'll give you that. And when you get saved, you get that. And so listen, the world doesn't have that. And so they look and they watch you and I. And that's why sometimes they throw barbs at you just to see what you're going to do. See how you're going to react. And they try to, you know, get a rise out of you. You know, the best thing you can do is smile at them. <laughs> Quote a part of a Bible verse at them. Tell them that God loves them. You know, let them know, hey, you know, you can beat me up all you want. But hey, he's the one. He's the one you got to look to. To Jesus. And oh, listen, he said, they want to see that, you know, and that light that, that shines out of you and I because we represent Christ. Listen, that is so very, very important. You know, that's why it says over there in, in John 14, 6, a very familiar scripture, Jesus said what? I am the way. He said, there is no other way. He says, I am the truth. <laughs> he says, there's no other truth. He says, I am the truth. The word of the God is truth. You know, you get into the Bible. What's so precious, what's so neat about this book is back all the years ago that it was written, it's still the same. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's still the same. The same things that the God gave to Moses, they stand true today just as true as they did then. The same the commandments are just as true then, now as they were then. You know, think of anything else. In this world, things are always changing. They're constantly changing, aren't they? Technology. Your phone, I don't know about you, but it drives me buggy. Every two weeks, you haven't backed up your phone. Got to back up your phone. What? It's only been two weeks. There's already that many changes in two weeks. And then another two weeks, back up your phone. It's changing, 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 changing. Listen, I like something that's secure and steadfast and solid. And that's right here. This does not change. And this is the one thing that's going to stand forever. And we can use these things down here for the glory of God. You know, we can send out things now like communicating with Brother Malucci and what's going on there, WhatsApp. Man, my phone, when I've got it, it's going bam, bam, bam. Folks that are over there that are getting scriptures out from in Poland, we're getting bam, communication. They write it, we get it. We call, bam, back and forth. That's a blessing. That's tremendous. Guess what? When we went into Eastern Europe and that, we had to use paper maps. Can you believe that? You know, most folks, today's what's a paper map? You know, 
And, but anyhow, we had to look at the map and try to figure out in a language you cannot read and figure out where we were going. But anyhow, we managed to get there and get back. So hey, hey, numerous times, but hey, listen, thank God for his goodness. But listen, we got to show the way. So we've seen light's got to be visible. Light shows the way. Now here's one of the most important ones. Light provides a warning. Light provides a warning. When you see an ambulance come through and you see those lights flashing, what do you do? You pull over because you know they're going someplace fast. Something's happened. We were going here a few months back. We were traveling down to Columbus, Ohio, and we were on the freeway there at I-71 heading down. And all of a sudden, this car came on the right side, and I mean, we were going 80, and he went past us so fast, it's like we were setting still. He just ran, and he was gone. And it didn't take 30 seconds, and we saw the lights. And here came one, two, three, four, five, six, seven squad cars. Never seen that in my life. And I mean, they were boogieing down that highway. I don't know what the guy did. I don't know what he, it wasn't just for speeding. There was something going on. But oh, listen, there was a warning. We saw, as I looked, saw them coming. There was a warning. There was a warning. When you come up to a four-way city stop and there's these lights up there, do you just look at them and, and go right on through? They're there. They're a warning. Hey, when yellow comes on, you know, it's going to be time, it's going to change, it'll be green. When red comes on, you stop. They're there, they're warnings, they're warnings. You know something? In our country, there's warnings all over. People drive down this highway, they see this church and this steeple, it's a warning. They go down the highways out here, and a lot of times there's, there's people who will pay and put Bible verses up on those big billboards, or they'll go through a little town, and here's a church that maybe isn't even a church anymore, but it's got a steeple on with a cross up there. That's a flashing light. That's a warning light. Every place you go in this country, you can turn on the radio, especially on a Sunday morning, and here's a station, and here's a station, and here's a station that the Word of God is being preached, and it's a warning. It's a warning. You turn on the TV, and there's channels where they're just religious channels. There's opportunities. There's warnings. Listen, I would hate to be an American and die and go to hell because you're going to be a whole lot deeper in the depths of hell than those in China. Because in China, they don't get that opportunity. They can't buy a Bible because they're non-existent. They don't see a Bible verse up. They don't see a church steeple up. They don't see that stuff. But in America, it's all around us. And yet the American people just like, I don't see it. I'm going to do what I want to do. Boy, I tell you something. I fear for them. Fear for the arrogance and the pride and the, and, and in the lives of so many in this country now. And boy, just that, just unbelievable. And listen, they need Christ. They need Christ. And the only way they're going to see it is you and I. We're the emergency lights. We're the emergency lights. We're around them. God, when we get saved, we're the only ones that can show them. There's sometimes you're it. You're the only person. Listen, it's, and take advantage of it. Listen, when I worked at, at, at that International Harvester dealership, when we worked on farm equipment in the fall, 
when they were harvesting, I mean, if somebody broke down, it didn't matter what time it was, we'd have to go out and work on it. We didn't have an eight-hour day job. Sometimes it'd be 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours. We'd be out there until they could get back on the road and get going again. Well, one day I was called in. It was about 3.30, 4 in the afternoon. And my foreman says, Don, he says, so-and-so out there, his fox chopper, he broke the head on his fox chopper, and he's got a fill silo. And he said, there's supposed to be rain coming in tomorrow. Can you go out and work on it? So I thought, oh, yeah, here we go. So I pack up everything. I drive the half hour, get to the guy's place, and I'm down underneath that, that uh, chopper head, the feeder, and I'm beating away because it, it wrapped the chain around and it busted the gear off and bent the shaft in a mess, and I'm trying to take it apart. And when you're under there and you hit something, you get showered. And not showers of blessings either. It's, it's just dust and dirt and stuff in your eyes and you're spitting. And I'm under there working away. And all of a sudden I hear this on the gravel, this kind of And this fellow stops. And I, all I can see is from here down, and I see the striped bibbed overhauls of the Oshkosh by Gosh overhauls. And I look, and the Holy Spirit says to me, talk to him. And then I do just like all of you do. You start arguing with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and you say, oh, but I'm looking and I'm saying, man, it's already 6.30. It's late. It's going to take me another half hour to an hour to finish this job up. And, man, I, it's late. My wife doesn't know when I'm going to get home. And, and I started arguing and talking. And he says, talk to him. And I argued a little more fiercely. And all of a sudden, I hear him leave. And you know how it is then. You go, Next chance I get, I'll give him a tract. That's what I'll do. Well, I go home, everything's eat, go to bed. Next morning, I come into work. I go in, open the door to get my first job assignment. One of my coworkers says, you never guess who died last night. Now, we had hundreds of clients. Hundreds. It could have been any one. But I knew right there who died. You say, what did you do? I went out and back where the old machinery was, and I sat down and I wept. And you know where that guy's blood is? Right here. You don't know how much blood you got in your hands. Of people that come across your path that you could have told about Jesus and you didn't. Someday we give an account for that. Someday we're going to stand before Jesus and we're, we're going to weep. And he says, I'll wipe away all tears. He said, I'll wipe them away and we'll be on. But oh, listen, things we could do for him. Things we could do. We're, we're the warning. You know, the rich man in hell, he didn't have anything at all for the poor beggar. He was rich. He had all kinds of wealth. He could do what he wanted. But as soon as he died and closed his eyes, all of a sudden he had a burden for missions. And he says to Abraham, send somebody to my brothers. They're lost. Send somebody. They need to hear. I'll tell you something. There's people in hell that are begging, begging for someone to go to see relatives that are still alive up here, begging to go and see a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad, an aunt, an uncle. They're begging down in hell saying, please, somebody go. But that's up to you and I. 
You know, we can't hear those, please. But we can hear them through here. Or he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He says, tell them about me. Oh, dear Christian, who do you know today that's not saved? Maybe you just need to get down and say, oh, God, work on their hearts. Prepare their hearts and give me the boldness to try to tell them about you. And just do what we can. Listen, we're the light. We're the light. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your book. We thank you and praise you, Lord, for the truth that we have in it. We thank you, Lord, that we're a light. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd help each one of us to get down, maybe to get the soot off of our globes. Maybe there's some worldliness that's crept in and it's been holding us back and we need to lay it on the altar. Maybe we know of someone close to us that's lost and and you put a burden on our heart to talk to him. And maybe we just need to lay those names down in the altar and say, Oh, God, help me to reach him with the gospel. Whatever it might take, Lord, work in our hearts and our lives today. Lord, that we might leave here drawn closer to you. That we might be a better testimony and a better witness for you. That Jesus Christ might be glorified and uplifted. For it's in his precious name we pray.